Holy shit. <laughs> can I say that on this podcast? You can now. This is no longer a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> because everything... All bets are off. ...has fallen to the wayside. This is no longer the cult podcast. It's the Parasite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we'll be talking about Parasite or another Korean movie. Why what? are we so excited? Why are you so excited? I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm ecstatic. This is probably the happiest I've been in 10 years. <laughs> but guess what happened tonight? What, what happened? What happened, Gabe? Parasite won this picture. <laughs> and what was your reaction? I'm pretty sure... The he, I, I erupted. He actually, for, like the, a, for the first time, I think, in our relationship... Displayed emotion? There was a display of emotion and um, physical touch, in yeah, fact. Yeah, I touched Stephen's shoulder and ecstasy just for for context we were sitting in a room of older white men <laughs> and none of them were as thrilled as me or us we mostly me we all clapped yeah we the younger people were thrilled gabe let's reset for a second it's not just you and me here today who is with who's with us Allie's with us today again very excited to have her back joins us cast. again ratings are up <laughs> yeah little women is our most highly rated episode we now have three listeners instead of two I hope this trend continues because it is really refreshing to have a third place. Let's go back in time. How far? <laughs> to a time. Before time. Before, to a land before, before Parasite won Best Picture. You mean like 45 minutes ago? Yeah, let's go back in time to uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time. The Oscars had just started. The Oscars are just starting. The red carpet had just ended. Let's just go through really quick and just talk about things. I'm shaking. I know. This is, this is going to be uh, just a recap, by the way, on anything, on everything that happened in the Academy Awards. In the last four hours. We're recording this directly after watching it. Yeah, we came directly here. Because Gabe, I think, uh, pissed his pants. So. I was going to pass out, and the only way to not take me to the emergency room is if they took me straight to the office. So. I would like to say the opening of Chris Rock and Steve Martin was awesome. Mm, what a great... Agreed. What a neutral a, ground. Yeah, very safe call from the Academy. The jokes were on point. I think the no host thing is exceptional. It's working. The last couple years, the pacing's been really well, and it gives a lot of other people the chance to shine and present. Yeah, very contrasting to the Golden Globes. And some other standout performances. Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Exceptional. True. And Will Ferrell and oh, Julia yeah. Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Janelle Monet yeah, was, was, was a treasure. She's also gorgeous. When she put on the midsummer gown, I think Gabe uh, almost cried himself. I needed, a, I needed a warm washcloth for my forehead. <laughs> it was really exciting because there was no other recognition for that. Film. Also, can someone please explain to me still why Eminem was singing Lose Yourself? It was because they were honoring impactful songs in cinema over the last whoever knows how long. And the last one to be featured was Eminem and 8 Mile. So we, we, let's just go through this really quick and we'll get back to Parasite. It started off with Best Supporting Actor, Brad Pitt, winning. Yeah, big he, shocker. He had a great... <laughs> His speeches have been great across this whole awards season. He's always making... He's very comedic, yeah, but still uh, emotional a little bit. He was great. And then the Best Animated Film, Toy Story 4. I just saw this two nights ago for the first time. That was an amazing film. I didn't think it would be so good. And I would have to say it's probably rated at the my second favorite Toy Story film behind Toy Story 1. And so I was really happy to see that win. Um, then best animated short film. The best short form content was, well, we just didn't, we weren't familiar with it. I uh, don't even remember what happened. The previews made me want to go check them out. And then best original screenplay. Bong big, Jun- big excite. Bong Joon-ho got up. Gabe clapped oh, that very- That was award I, number one of yeah. four. I wrote Gabe clapped very loudly. I did great. a lot of clapping tonight. And he said it was a great honor. 
it, it seemed like this was the one and only he thought that he would win tonight. No, I think he thought his one and only would be international. I don't think he expected to win screenplay. And then he won screenplay and he's like, wow, didn't expect to be here yet. And then he gave his speech about how happy he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best adapted screenplay, Taika Waititi. Very exciting. Mm. I was actually shocked at how he seemed really nervous. He didn't even know what to say. Mm. He seemed kind of speechless. I didn't really see that as nerves. I I feel like he was just humble and he took that award that's what he's looked like steven each time he's won an award this award season i think this mm. is the first time he's just gotten this amount of recognition mm. for any of his productions and so he's kind of shook just by how new this experience is for him mm. and to be and especially for the academy because it's supposedly the biggest of all these ceremonies it was exciting for him yeah he's really seemed to blow up over the last couple of years happy for him yeah he um, took flight yeah. At the concourse. <laughs> True. True. Uh, the best short film, Neighbor's Widow. I never heard of it, but it looked cool. Anything to say? No, I actually didn't see any of the short films, <laughs> so I'm very uneducated in this category. I am also uneducated in this category. I didn't know the documentaries either, and I was sad. I didn't even know short films existed up until this Academy Awards. What? I'm, they're, they're, I'm, I'm joking. Joker. <laughs> Joker. Joker. Speaking of Joker, do you remember what took production design, game? Yeah, you reminded me it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I wrote, eh, it should have been JoJo or Little Woman, personally. Or 1917. <laughs> I mean, Once Upon a Time, it, it was kind of the sleeper choice, but it was good. All the, You know what's funny is that most of these movies were period pieces in a way. Yeah, that's true. Era films. And then best costume design. I was so happy that Little Woman, yeah. up mm-hmm. to that point, had finally won something. Mm-hmm. Was that the only one that it took? I think it was. It was, yeah. But yeah. it that was a very rightfully deserved. Totally. Yeah, it definitely was. I agree. And then documentary feature, I had no idea what was happening. To tell you the truth, I don't know much about documentary, which looked, is ironic because we work for a documentary company. You know what was cool, though, is they pointed out the documentaries this year were almost entirely, if not entirely, directed by female directors. Mm. That was very cool. And I think all the ones that won were female directors, both for documentary and for short-form documentary. So it was really cool to see that representation on stage. The documentary short, yeah, that film was called Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone If You're a Girl. The and ballot sheet we were playing with before we went into that, that showing for the Academy Awards, I voted for that one just based off of the name. <laughs> it was like, we're, we're fulfilling a lot of criteria just based off the title for this short. And then it won. Really good. I want to go check it out now. Yeah, the, the woman that was speaking, her name was Carol Dissinger. I actually, I really liked her speech about Frank Capra and withstanding the four decades in this business. And she said she worked on this film for 15 years. And And she'd been in Afghanistan for 15 years. And she's an NYU film school uh, teacher. I thought it was a really great speech. Best Supporting Actress was next. Mm. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Um, I I think we came to the consensus that anyone else should have won that Allie what did you think I love Laura Dern yeah she's charming she's wonderful she's talented we all love Laura Dern totally agree however all of the other nominees were fantastic and I think that some of the roles may have been more stretching and I think that there was a few that we unitedly kind of agreed upon would have been our pick Florence Pugh oh yeah um, for Little Women, I we loved taken her. Scarlet as well. Even for, Scarlet, yeah. I also enjoyed Scarlet and Jojo Rabbit. Scarlet had a great year in general. Florence Pugh had a great year in general, even though she wasn't nominated for Midsummer, she was great in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Laura Dern, she had a fantastic year as well. Not not happy. <laughs> she was great. Yeah, 
I just thought that there were so many other deserving performances. I think Florence Pugh playing both a 12-year-old and a 20-year-old just nailed it. did so much more than Laura Dern as a lawyer. Just yeah. come on. Yeah, I know. I definitely agree. I think Florence Pugh, and you can go back to our Little Women podcast to listen more about that. But I think that her range and the role that she was given in Greta's um, rendition of Amy in that film really proved to be an amazing performance and portrayal by Florence Pugh. And I think she was my pick for Best Supporting Actress. I didn't see Richard Jewell, but just seeing the previews of Kathy Bates made me tear up. Agreed. I was like, please. Kathy. And seeing Kathy Bates in American Horror Story, she's been in almost every season since I think season four. She's incredible. In every season, she plays almost a different role. I really didn't know she was such a great actress. She should win everything for just even the American Horror Story roles, let alone everything she ever does. Yeah, I think she's been exceptional since she started working and many decades ago. I hope she's won something over the years for her work. You know what? I'd be curious to know screen time for these nominees because I think Laura Dern... I mean, Had the the least. Had the least. But Mm. you can't always equate the power of a performance Mm. to screen time. While she is, I think, in our opinion, the weakest of the four or five that were nominated, I think she was also the least important in the movie that she was in. Mm. It's almost like giving Quentin Tarantino Best Supporting Actor for that speaking role he had at the (laughs) end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not not quite. Oh, too soon. Sorry. Okay, Best Sound Editing, Ford versus Ferrari. I had called this. Yeah. Yeah. He was so happy. uh, And he was, and he he talked about how it was one of the last films by 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Because Disney recently renamed 20th Century Fox to 20th Century Pictures. So Fox no longer exists. Sad. Which is kind of the end of an era. Best sound mix, 1917. I wrote British and Happy. (laughs) Yeah. If you didn't see that in a theater, you missed out. Yeah. It's still in theaters now, probably for a brief time. So check it out. And then cinematography was up next. And Gabe called this one. This is going to be Deacons's The two-time. The two-time. Well, not two in a row, but uh, very exciting. He had that classic Roger Deacons kind of nervous kind of the nervous physical attribute. Yeah, where he's always he's kind of petting his hair and he's seeming really nervous. Introvert. And he, yeah, <laughs> but he's cashing in on a thirty years. I think Gabe. I think Gabe longer than that. Yeah. yeah. He never won an Academy Award until Blade Runner two years ago. And I'm honestly, I'm hoping he wins a couple more just because he's deserved it for so long. Uh, he thanked his wife. He thanked his focus polar, Andy Harrison. That was great. Yeah, Andy Harrison, which I thought was really really cool because focus polars honestly don't get enough love. And he said he couldn't have done it without the camera ops. And then he, he also thanked his grip crew and his gaffer because honestly he couldn't do his job without any of those. Just Specifically for, for that picture. And then and then he said thanks to Sam Mendes for the experience and and hope to work with him again. He probably will. Ali, anything to say about the cinematography in 1917? It's nuts. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I saw it on the big screen, and I highly recommend seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, it was just moving. It took you to that place, and it made you feel like you were with them for 24 hours. Yeah, you should go see the behind the scenes for that movie. It's crazy the lengths they went to to accomplish their vision for that film. Sad to see Lighthouse go. Oh, man. Heartbreaking. He'll, He'll win another year. Ford vs. Ferrari, uh, one film editing. Gabe thought it might be Parasite. That's all right. I don't really care. Um, he got up, thanked his wife and son. He thanked James Mangold. Called him one of the best directors in Hollywood. Logan. Very good. Yeah. Visual effects, 1917. 
I was shocked by this. Mm-hmm. I thought it should have gone to Avengers Endgame or Irishman, to be mm-hmm. honest. But 1917, I thought it was like a very subtle visual effects. Thanos was honestly great. And the de-aging in Irishman, I thought might have taken it. But 1917, like Gabe said, it was kind of a sleeper. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been my last pick of the... I mean, even Rise of Skywalker was in there, for crying out loud. <laughs> Babu freak! Babu! That was who they showed on screen. Babu! Babu! Babu. Droid ready, Babu. <laughs> <laughs> and then makeup and hairstyling, Bombshell 1. I think that one is much more well-deserved than 1917's visual effects because Charlie Theron literally became Megan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like, she was completely transformed. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw the Bombshell trailer, I didn't even realize it was Charlie's. I was like, mm-hmm. holy crap, they got Megan Kelly to do this I picture. Agree. The other actresses were fine. But just for that single transformation, I think it's okay. It was bomb. Moving on. Bombshell. <laughs> This is where Gabe started to lose his mind. Um, international film. Oh, yeah. Well, this wasn't a shock. Parasite killed it, this obviously. This was probably the most expected award of the night. And then Bong Joon-ho gave a speech about how it was changed from best foreign language film to best international film mm-hmm. and how he was really honored to win this award for the first time having it be entitled best international film. Gabe or Ali, your thoughts? He's incredibly humble on the stage. Even though everyone knew that Parasite was going to take international film, it was... Uh, it was just cool to see someone like that win an award, mm-hmm. I guess. He's just a likable character. Yeah. He's always also championing international film when he gets on stage, whether it's his comment on subtitles from the Golden Globes or whatever. If you can just get past that, there are so many incredible pictures that are being made around the world. And Parasite and the other awards that it won that we'll talk about in a minute, it really shines a spotlight on it. And this was the point at which he said, I think, he's like, I'm going to go drink now. Yeah, he said, I'm going to drink now and drink until morning. (laughs) Because he didn't expect to win anything else for the rest of the way, he said. Probably not. And then Sigourney Weaver got up there with Brie Larson and Gal Gadot and said, all women are superheroes. And then after that moment passed, they talked about the best (laughs) score. And who took it, but none other, our prediction. Hildur Gildnetetir. 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 Shocker. She seemed very grateful, very humble. She's so soft-spoken. She had one of the standing ovations of the night, which was really nice to see. Another, uh, not just women representation, but international representation. I was hoping she'd send a shout out to Johan Johansson for the collaborative years they spent. I was shocked that she didn't. But I think the work speaks for itself. So I'm really just excited to see her and what she'll do in the future. Steven had some great Brie Larson. um, (laughs) Quips. Yeah, commentary on the whole wardrobe attire as well. And then Ali said, I agree. It might be her best feature. You said that. Okay, that's all going to be cut out. That's I thought her best be feature out. was room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that wasn't expected. But yeah, it was really cool to see them on stage together, all three of them. And then the best original song was Rocket Man. Yeah, uh, Elton John. Elton John got Very up there cool. with his partner. Was, was, that was his partner? It was the first time they were nominated together for the, like, ever, and, and they won. So that was super cool to see. Then, best director category. Oh, baby. And this is where things start heating up. That point in the show, mm-hmm. based on what was winning, I expected Sam Mendes to take that and best picture. Yes, I thought so too. I think everyone was stunned. Uh, it was very well deserved. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. If you haven't seen Parasite, you need to go see it. And then you need to go binge watch the entirety of Korean cinema. Just find a month and just take a month off if you've got your vacation time. Agreed. So I forgot, but like four years ago, there was a trending hashtag that said Oscars so white. Mm. 
And that push put the issues of diversity just in the front page. Yeah. Um, and inclusion under this kind of microscope, if you will, of, you know, kind of what we should be looking at, what should be nominated, all of those different things. And this year, even the fact that, like, a woman wasn't nominated for director, yeah. for example, like Greta. I couldn't believe Greta wasn't in there. She was not nominated. And I think there was only two um, people of diversity that were nominated or people of color that were nominated for best actor or actress. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the fact that Parasite won, um, yeah. I think, was really phenomenal and historical. And best I've heard numerous times that we are in... The Oscars and the film industry in general is in transition. And I think that's really interesting to observe in terms of like, in, you know, being inclusive and diversity. And what does that mean for cinema? What does that mean for the nominations? What does that mean for the stories we tell and the stories we will tell? Um, and what will be recognized? So I, I just think it's a really interesting thing to kind of observe with the 2020 Oscar wins. And I'm personally happy about Parasite winning. I enjoyed the film mm-hmm. for the film itself. Yeah. Uh, and not just the fact that it was an international film. Same with Greta and Little Woman. Same with Greta and Little Woman. I totally agree. A lot of people, especially whenever there was a, a, a woman accepting an award on stage, like this award is for all the young girls out there who have a voice and they wanted to share it and what they want to inspire those people. And then it's the same with people of color or international representation. The fact that they can show that there's this level of nowadays, you know, people are willing to recognize the talent and the quality there. It's really exciting to see what might happen next. Mm-hmm. Bon Joon-ho, he seemed really shocked. Yeah. He, he said at this point that he didn't really expect to win anything else. I don't think anyone really expected him to win gabe yeah. did gabe was calling this 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 one even more and I, I wrote that the crowd cheered the loudest for him yeah they I th- absolutely I, did. I don't think they cheered louder in fact in the oscars until he was announced best director yeah and this one i think is even more powerful than best picture because of the way voting works and i'll briefly explain that in a bit yeah but this was the weird voting is only for best picture and this is a standard voting where the academy was voting strictly for who they thought was best and they agreed on bong joon ho so that's exciting that the academy as ancient and antiquated as they might seem are willing to move forward on a call like that he gave a shout out to something he learned in film school. He said something that had always stuck with him. He said, the most personal is the most creative. And then everyone had a standing ovation for Scorsese because he talked about how Scorsese even influenced him. And he studied Scorsese's stuff when he was in film school. Yeah. So that was a really cool moment. Scorsese seemed really honored as well. And he, he Bong Joon-ho called out Quentin for always putting his own films on his tier lists. He gave props to Quentin. And then he also called out Todd and Sam and said he wished he could cut his award in five. With a text uh, chain. Texas Chainsaw to give everyone a piece of this award. At this point, he said, I'll drink until the next morning. And then some more. Yeah, it was a great moment. Big I, shout out to his translator as well. For yeah, totally. Uh, and then they did the In Memoriam. It was cool that they called out Kobe because he had produced a couple things. And then I also didn't know Alvin Sargent died, who I'd be remiss to not speak of because he wrote one of my favorite superhero films of all time, Spider-Man 2. And I had no idea that he died this year. He wrote it? Yeah, he wrote the screenplay for both Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, which... Interesting. Spider-Man 2, I think, to this day, is still considered one of the best superhero films of all time by Sam Raimi. Yeah, I think Uh, most people would agree. Yeah. And then Best Actor? This is where Olivia Colman got up. She's great. She killed her... She has a presence. (laughs) 
And she uh, made a quick joke about how last year it was the best night of her husband's life. <laughs> She's delightful and humorous and wonderful. And that was, what, what was that, that win for? Do we know? Last year? Favorite. Yeah, that's awesome. And then Joaquin Phoenix won for best actor. Also not surprising. I mean, that's not who you wanted to win. I wrote from the clips that they showed. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Adam Driver obviously is he, the best actor. They showed the scene where he's speaking heatedly with Scarlett Johansson in their apartment for Marriage Story. And that was played right after one of Joaquin's scenes. And it really showed Adam Driver's range. But I don't know if Joaquin had ever won an Academy before. He had been nominated for Gladiator, Walk the Line, The Master, and then Joker. He didn't win any of them except for the Joker. Adam was great, but I think everyone saw Joaquin's win coming there. And then he gave a rousing speech. Very politically charged. I will say, I think personally, he is an amazing character actor. Like in Walk the Line was an amazing Johnny Cash. I think he was an amazing Joker. He manifests these characters. Mm -hmm. He is these characters. I think he was worthy of, of winning this role. But I also, you know, recognize people like Adam Driver who were phenomenal in their roles as well. Adam's definitely going to win in the next few years. Mm -hmm. For sure. So Joaquin gave a huge speech about how humanity shouldn't be selfish and how we need to work together to give the world a second chance. And then in the end, he quoted his brother, River Phoenix, who mm -hmm. I, I very rarely have ever heard him talk about. And the quote that he said was, run to the rescue with love and peace will follow. Mm. And he said, thank you. And then he walked off the stage. I thought it was great. And I'm glad they gave him the time. And it's clear by the way he delivers his speech that he's, uh, I think he means it and he's very shy about it. And it's difficult for him to speak on a stage like that in front of so many people. And hopefully people will be inspired by what he said. And then Best Actress, when they showed the recap, I was like, man, this is a tough category. There were so many great performances. Yeah. Renee ultimately took it, Renee Zellweger. She thanked her co-nominees and then uh, thanked the director and then a bunch of people that worked on the film. She talked about how this is actually a celebration of Judy Garland mm -hmm. uh, retroactively. And she said, Judy Garland didn't receive this honor, mm -hmm. but this moment is an extension of her honor and legacy of unique exceptionalism and creativity. I just have to say that Judy Garland, for most of us, her face is frozen on screen at the age of 15. I'm not exactly sure, but... Yeah. When she was in Wizard of Oz, that's how we know her. And that is the quintessential Judy Garland. But to see Renee Zellweger's like portrayal of her in, you know, the last year of her life, I think it was 69, and the struggles that she had, the substance abuse and just the ups and downs in which she went through, I think was really remarkable. And I think it portrayed a new side of stardom um, and also a reverence and a compassion for the icons that we see in cinema. And so I just, I don't know, I, I really am glad that Renee got that. Judy's is a very tragic story. Mm -hmm. And to see her uh, acknowledged, even if it was through another actress's performance, mm -hmm. was was really nice. If you guys, anyone listening, doesn't know the story of Judy Garland, you should go check it out. And then we get to the best picture. <sighs> Gabe. Gabe. Yes, Stephen. Can you explain how nominations so How something work? insane yeah. like this might have happened? Can you explain how... Parasite won. How things get nominated and awarded Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I can do that, Stephen. So ever since 2009 or so, when the Academy bumped up their listing from five to however many they wanted to be nominated for Best Picture in a given year, 
they implemented a new system uh, that's a preferential ballot that is very complicated and convoluted, and it makes sense why there have been movies across the last 10 years, Green Book, namely, that might have won in place of something else that everyone thought was more deserving. So I'm going to briefly read from this article just for 60 seconds to explain it. I've gone over this several times, and I still could not accurately tell you how this works because it's very convoluted. First, the Academy members are asked to rank the Best Picture nominees from first to last. In this case, it's one to nine for this year. All of the number one votes for films are then tabulated, but if a film has failed to receive over 50% of the vote after the first round, which is likely to happen, the tabulators then look for the film with the lowest number of number one votes. This film is then removed from the race, and the tabulators then look at all of the ballots that put that film at number one to see what those voters chose as their number two pick. Those number two voters from the excised ballot or the removed ballot now become the number one votes and are distributed accordingly to the films that are still in the race. As the process continues, if a removed film's number two vote also happens to be a removed film or an excised film, tabulators then move on to the number three ballot on that list and so on and so forth. Lastly, this process continues round after round until a film earns over 50% of the number one votes. So in practice, number two and number three votes actually start to count as number one votes, which is why the best picture winner from the preferential ballot tends to be the most agreeable choice, not necessarily the best choice. Divisive films like Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, or The Revenant lose out to more broadly liked films like Spotlight or The Shape of Water, aka safer films. And sometimes broad passion can result in a win for something like Moonlight or the seemingly divisive Green Book. That makes sense? That is... Fascinating. It's, it's, I mean, in a word, it's, and it, it's. Yeah, it's not great, but it seems somewhat fair. I think it's fine considering both the number of nominees, which is so many, and also the academy and the demographic, the people that comprise the people voting for these films. It's fun to see because you get wins like Green Book wasn't crazy, but the fact that Parasite won this year is incredibly emblematic of that process. Because here's what probably happened. A lot of people were voting for 1917. Maybe JoJo and Hollywood were pulling from that first place vote. So then the system takes place and those votes trickle down to something like Parasite, which everybody probably put from the Academy at their number two or number three, which is why it won, which is it's fantastic for me because I wanted Parasite to win. But I didn't expect it to. It's kind of amazing that we started our podcast with Parasite. Yeah. And then it won Best Picture. It's kind of a full circle of event for us. Yeah, a 10 episode run, and now we're done forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember taking an international film course in college and just kind of the introduction of the course going through what actually is making the most money in the industry. And it was focusing on the big blockbuster films like Avengers and the kind of target audience being males from the age like 18 to 30 it was you know a younger male population not really focused on females and not really focused on like an older generation at all let alone an international audience and so to see Parasite win this year I think is really phenomenal and I think that just in general the the fact that this is the way that the the Oscars maybe cinema in general is going in terms of recognition I think is is really profound what do you guys think it's obviously a historic win and people will be talking about this for a long time I mean especially in the next year but in terms of setting a precedent I am curious to see what that'll look like moving forward because of the way that voting works and I think a lot of the Academy are going to be you know later on tonight when they're sleeping in their bed or trying to sleep I don't know if it'll necessarily be setting a precedent for something like best picture I definitely think 
representation from different people, regardless of ethnicity, color, gender, you know, whatever. It's definitely on the up and up. But for something like Best Picture, I, I'm not sure because the Academy still holds the cards in the end. And those people will be dead and gone in 20 years. And you're going to have a new generation <laughs> of extraordinarily talented, diverse group of filmmakers come into play, of storytellers. And it's going to be great. So to answer your question, Allie... I wrote this back when Bong Joon-ho won Best Director, but I, I do think that this is showing that the Academy is uh, much more forward-thinking than I gave them credit for. I think that um, from both the standing ovation when Bong Joon-ho won Best Director and then again when they won Best Feature Film, the audience stood up and applauded more than I had seen them all throughout the night yeah. for, for Parasite. I think everyone was unanimously excited excited about this and i think that it was a step toward true diversity instead of a contrived diversity which yeah. i think is so often found in hollywood films mm -hmm. and and in the politics behind the academy awards when a film from south korea the whole cast is south korean the director is south korean wins best picture and best international film at the same time even people who do not want to acknowledge that a film like this should win has to be at least acknowledging that they were deserving of this. Yeah. And that was so exciting to see. Yeah, it's not just diversity for diversity's sake, but the fact that they're realizing that anybody, despite where you're from or who you are, can make a level of quality and a quality of production that is so exceptional. And it isn't just, you know, <laughs> endemic to this country, but it is from anywhere in the world. And I think it's telling of what our audience's appetite might be in the future. Like, for example, the cast itself, like with other films, you, you're looking at Brad Pitt, you're looking at Joaquin Phoenix, you're looking at big names that are winning. And yet Parasite, we don't really know their names even. And yet this they will cast... Know them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yet this cast is hypnotizing. They are phenomenal and so yeah. they just capture our attention and we're drawn to them and i think it's just telling of the appetite that we have for up-and-coming talent regardless of country regardless of race and and the story is really what transforms and the story is really what moves forward for us regardless mm -hmm. of any other boxes i think despite what might have happened in years past whoever might have won best picture or any of these awards and despite what may have happened behind the scenes with the way the voting system works i think this award was incredibly well deserved by everyone involved in the picture and i think like you said everybody in the room tonight knew that mm -hmm. and that's why everyone was happy for him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it excites me about what can happen next in the future of hollywood yeah it's been a good year, and I think it's going to set the stage for the next decade. Parasite is actually only the 10th foreign language film to be nominated for Best Picture, and actually the first to win. Yeah, the first, the 10th incredible. to be nominated, but the first to win. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it took international, it took director, it took Best Picture, and original screenplay. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, I feel like I'd have a good time partying with Bong Joon-ho tonight. <laughs> and I'd just like to say, I hope everyone will go out and check out some Korean cinema. If you guys even remotely enjoyed Parasite, there's another Bong Joon-ho. I mean, Korean cinema is incredible across the board. Amazing movies that... I think people are going to go find now because of what happened this year with Parasite. But specifically... Name them. Old Boy by Park Chan-wook. Uh, Sympathy for Mrs. Vengeance. If you like John Wick and action movies, The Chaser is phenomenal. I Saw the Devil is incredible. 
I was going to suggest, I mean, everybody knows Old Boy. Um, the Host is great by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, but Bong Joon-ho's, one of his first critically acclaimed features that blew up in Korea early 2000s was Memories of Murder. It's incredibly well-made and well-written. And that's the movie I'd say you guys should check out first, then go watch, oh, The Handmaiden from two years ago, which is oh, Park yeah. Chan-wook, uh, who did Old Boy. That's mm-hmm. his newest picture. His, it's like his parasite. Mm. It's about... Is, um, would you call that his magnum opus? Uh, probably. Magnum opus I don't of the know. day. Old Boy might still be his magnum opus, <laughs> but Parasite and Memories of Murder, I think, uh, could either be considered, you mm. know. Real quick before we end the podcast, some of the movies, so we should do some honorable mentions that the Academy didn't seem to care about. My favorite of the year, Midsummer, uh, Uncut Gems by the Safdie Brothers, completely snubbed. A Hidden Life, Terrence Malick. Um, obviously The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers, even though it had one nomination. And then I think I had a fifth one, but yeah. those are like four of my five. Parasite was my fifth, but that one that one oh. won everything. Honey Boy. Honey Boy, absolutely. Shia LaBeouf's incredible movie. My argument is that the Academy does not understand certain films. Yeah. Anything that's not just exciting and dynamic, but kind of weird, the Academy will never go for like Midsummer, for instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And The Farewell, completely snubbed by Lulu Wang. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, 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 and also Waves. Yeah, Waves for sure. I mean, talk about A24 killing it this year. That movie was an experience. The Academy should have recognized all these movies. Waves especially for original screenplay, supporting actor for Sterling Brown, if you want to talk about people that got robbed. Also, I heard Pain and Glory was great, but Antonio Banderas was the only thing that was nominated from that movie. Yeah, but so many incredible young directors in their 30s, I think they're going to just, it's going to be really, really cool to see what they do in the next five, ten years. Well, that's the TCP. You feel liberated, probably. I'm so glad that this is over, and I cannot wait for what we're going to do next. I was just picturing what Bong might be doing right now. Oh, he's, oh, he's, he's already gone. He's on multiple he's, substances. He's got sake in one hand, soju in the other hand, and he's just losing his mind. He's with his entire cast and production crew. He's lined up his Oscars in a row on a bar table. I yeah. want to be there. I he's, want to cheers him. He's got four. Just from tonight. It's. I'm so proud of him. It's refreshing. Gabe, would you kiss Bong Joon-ho on the mouth if you had the chance? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha